Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask us the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. Now again tonight we have put together a slightly different show for you than we've done or what we've been doing the past few months. So we're combining two things into one, which is always quite efficient, isn't it? So over the past year or so, Janine and I have occasionally recorded our thoughts on the stocks that we believed would be good to watch for a buy in the coming months or even year. So last week we shared with you five of those stocks that we like right now. And so again tonight we'll incorporate this into our show for you to give you another five stocks. Now as always we'll answer your questions and look at the stocks that you're interested in, give you our expert opinion and a whole lot more. Hello and welcome, I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and joining me tonight is Janine Cox, our Senior Analyst and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hi Dale and hi everybody, I hope you're having a good week so far. Um, how's your week been? Awesome, it's 30 degrees in Melbourne, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful one day, perfect the next. I know, it I was, was hailing just... on the weekend somewhere, mm. I was talking to somebody down sort of towards Frankston Way and they said it was hazing and I went, wow, that's great, Melbourne. Mm. People say to me, what about the Melbourne weather? And I said, yeah, we have some. <laughs> we have all kinds of weather, not well, just At the one. moment, I think there's a conspiracy theory going on because we've got beautiful weather during the week and mm. then it's crappy on the weekend. So hey, go figure, why I is know. that? Oh, is well, somebody that's... actually blowing the bad weather this way into Melbourne? Uh, yeah, I was thinking you were going to have the a go at me for blowing hot air or something like that. But uh, <laughs> I'm off to our nation's capital tomorrow. Lucky you. I know, I'm up to our nation's capital for five days. Are you going days. to do a march? No, I'm not going to do that. Why would I march? What am I marching about? It's just like, <laughs> I'm going to, my mother-in-law's in Canberra. So, Lucky you. And I'm not saying another word. My mother-in-law's in Canberra. We're catching up. We're there for five days and it's supposed to be beautiful weather. I like Canberra actually. Mm, okay. Strange, but I do like it. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I do like it because, I mean, it's just so orderly, isn't it? It's beautiful. Um, and it's so quiet, you could shoot a cannon down the street on Saturday and everything echoes. Because <laughs> yeah. no traffic jams. The nothing. road system's really orderly, isn't it? Mm. It's really yeah, it is. It incredible is. the way they've planned that. I love the things, you know, like the art galleries mm. and the museums and those sorts of things as well. But, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so I do but like But you're not going stuff. to any of those, though? Maybe. I might Couldn't be. Questacon's there, I like that one. Mm. That's the science museum and right. the zoo and everything else. So, All right. But anyway. <laughs> we should move on. If you've got a burning question for us, on the right of the screen is a chat box, which you guys are all familiar with by now, unless you're a newbie tonight. So put your questions there. Also, hi to the new people on the show and welcome. Um, I hope you enjoy the show. Moving on, it's the fifth Tuesday of the month and most of you who tune in each week know what that means. We're putting something special up. Um, this week, so in the last week, 
of a five-week month. Remember, I think that only falls a couple of months in the Every year. Every third so month is five weeks. Every third month. So mm. um, tonight is no different as I have hounded Dale for some of his great stats that he does. I'm, const- <laughs> I'm constantly talking to people who are afraid of the market and worrying about losing their money. And the comments that I get are losing all of it, um, which is just not possible if you know what a few simple rules. Um, some of them were looking at um, their super funds and worried about whether if the market corrected, would they lose it. So tonight we'll share with you if this fear comes from sound logic or a false reality perpetuated by herd mentality. Um, that's a really important point, isn't it, about the herd mentality? Yeah, I know a lot of people, they fear the market and you only have to look at the TV and, and just go anywhere and ask people about the stock market and go, oh, that's risky, that's gambling, that's this. And there is so much CRAP out there. It's not mm. funny about people's perception of what buying stocks are, how hard it is, and how dangerous it is. And and you think, I think, who benefits from that sort of stuff? And it really, it's not the people watching the show. Because seriously, anybody bought my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds, back in 2004, completely missed the GFC mm. just by reading a $30 book and following what it said. But those people listening to those fears, they're the ones that got caught and got slammed in all the managed funds and everything that just tanked. Uh, and that's really what the difference is. So let's, what I found, oh, some of my research, and I know I've got, still got holes in my back from you poking me to do this, but I was looking at some of my spreadsheets and the research that I find and, and what I do. And what I'm going to do is bring up a, a spreadsheet here on the computer mm-hmm. and just show you a couple of things. One is that... What we're seeing on the screen right now is the worst days on the Dow since 1899. Okay. So if I zoom that up a little bit so it makes it a little bit easier to see, me from, especially for me with my glasses. So you can see here there's the worst 10 days on the Dow since 1899, and it's in percentage of the fall. So that's really how it's, it's ordered. So we can see the, here the 19th of October, 87. So that was the one day when the market fell with the 87 crash. So that was that one day. Now, that took 13 months to happen, that whole crash. Yeah. But that was just one day of it. Mm. And that whole crash, our market went down by 50%. So that's less than half of the fall, yep. but close to it. Then we've got the 1929 crash. So we've got three dates in the 1929 crash. So 12.8%, 117 and 99 all happening within a week or so of each other from the 28th, 29th, mm-hmm. and then the 6th of November. Yep. Now, a lot of people don't understand that the Dow fell 90%. Sorry, they understand the Dow fell 90%. Overall. Overall. But if I asked everybody watching when was the actual low, everybody would tell me 1929. Yeah. But the actual, That was the most emotional time. That's the it? most emotional time. But here we're seeing that it fell 23, 24, 30-odd percent. Now, it fell 90%, but the actual low was in 1932. Mm. Now, most people don't understand that the Dow kept falling away for a hell of a lot longer than 1929. It went down into 1932, then finally made its, made its bottom, and then it went into uh, that um, depression. And while it was in depression, it rose very, very strongly, and a lot of people don't understand that. They're fearing recessionary environments. Oh, the recession, the market's going to go bleh. You know, it's going to fall over, it's going to crash. It's not going to do that sort of stuff. Then we go into December 1899. Actually, before you move on, yeah. can I just say something about 1929? Yeah. So that like. 28th of October was actually Black Monday. Correct. Okay, so the 24th of October was the was a Black Thursday, and I think that's when that w- there was actually a big fall that happened on the day. But what, mm-hmm. what actually eventuated was that the banks and the financial institutions mm-hmm. poured back into the market. So the market only fell 6% because they were trying to prop it up. 
mm. on the day, even though there was a really dramatic move. Um, on the 28th of October 1929, they couldn't hold it. Mm. You know, it just, it, it just... The, the amount of shares that were being traded was huge because people panicked. So, but like you say, um, the, the, the crashes never happened at the top, but, you know, this was pretty close, wasn't it? Mm. It was mm. pretty close. And that's what we're seeing here is you're looking at these figures, like the average here is around 10%. If I just mm. pull that down and scroll down, the average is about 10.4, 10.6% yeah. fall roughly. Um, oh, sorry, a bit more than that because I've got to put that in. But um, yeah, 10.61%. So I did have it in there. So it's not a lot. So the worst one day fall we're talking about, these are the worst in over 100 years mm. since 1899. So therefore, how the hell are you going to lose your whole portfolio? Because most of these times you would have already been out of the market. Now, mm. I know prior to the 2007 high in our market, we were 60% in cash. Yeah. Basically. We're already selling lots of stocks and smart traders were already doing that. So we weren't even in for that. So, and we're talking about the whole market falling. So if you're only got, let's say we've got 10 positions on a portfolio and you've only got four left because you've 60% cash, well then it's only 40% of your portfolio is falling roughly. Mm. It's not one for one with the marketplace. That's correct. And if you go back and look at some of the big stocks on the market, mm. a lot of them actually turned January, mm -hmm. February, June, there were different turn dates for different stocks. It's not all happening at the, the one you know period mm. where we see the biggest moves on the market. Well, we're more so there, was, BHP, there were so BHP, many signals to exit. Yeah. All those um, the near the top. Of, yeah, we? well, I mean, we had clients calling us in mm. um, early 2008 saying, why aren't you getting back into the market? Mm. And we said, because our pattern analysis and everything else is telling us that there could be a further decline. Mm. So we wait for com confirmation. That's the whole thing. We're not trading on speculation. Hmm. One more little thing I want to show you before we move on to some stocks. Mm. And this is the this, this is the S&P 500 in the US looking at okay. its history again, well over 100 years here. And the reason why I'm doing this is because it's easy to get data on the S&P okay. 500 and the Dow back 100 years or more. Whilst we've got data back to 1875, prior to about, about 1980, ours gets a little bit sketchy because we had exchange in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, 90, and 90, Perth. 1980, yeah, 90, before 80, then. Not 1880, 1980, yeah. yeah. So it gets a little bit patchier. Mm. Um, so that's why we use the Dow and we use the S&P for looking at things because all markets run in cycles. But you can see the overall form doing it that way. That's what mm. you mean. Even though it's mm. a bit patchy, it just shows you what the mm. trend is. So what's this mm. telling you? Um, looking at that, I would say that there's a lot more positive years than negative years, simply. Mm. Because what, you, what you're looking at here is if we look at the yellow section here, what this is saying is how many times does it go minus 40%, which is none, to minus 50% in, the, in a year? And this is a calendar year. Um, and how many times does it go 50 to 60% in a calendar year? So that's 2.72% of the time. So 70% of the time, the S&P 500 trades between 0% and 60%. But here's the clicker. Look, 98% of the time, the biggest moves are between minus 20 and positive 60. And 95% of the time, it's between minus um, 10 to 20 and plus 50 to 60%. So how do you lose money on that? Mm. And our market wouldn't be any different than this. We might see that it might, it might not have that 40 to 50% down this end. Ours might end at 30 to 40 and ours might go up to 60 to 70%. Mm. But in theory, those statistics... I guarantee if we did that on our market, it'd be pretty similar. Mm. It'd be very, very similar. So to me, that says to me, how the hell do you lose money on the market? You can never lose your portfolio, mm. ever. But you do have specific risk 
on individual shares, which is what a lot we're of people about. did lose their portfolios, and that's what you were mm. saying before about you know who's putting this information out to scare people. Correct. Because what they were scaring you about is the fact that all these people that lost their their homes, their mm. and lost their portfolios were people who leveraged. Correct. And that's, and that's what we found. From. And that was the same in 1929. There was so mm. much borrowing going on in the mm. market. And it happened in the GFC. And we've shown, have we shown them the bell curve of the borrowing before? No, 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 no. That's a secret, secret, oh, secret. Oh, that's a secret. So when you watch what's happening <laughs> with, the, with the leverage and with the borrowing, you can actually see where it's getting to a level that's just going out of control. Mm. And shortly after that, you see the corrections in the market happen. And then the um, borrowing, the level of borrowing, of course, across the market just drops off over time. And it, and it mm. does look, you can make a bell curve out of it, can't you? And, yeah. And show people, you know, where it's starting to build when the market's starting to rise. So that's what you've got to be mindful of. Those When those mm. big rises happen, it's because the borrowing is actually increasing. Mm. Well, it's not because, but during that time, the borrowing is increasing. So people are putting more money into their super funds, but the level of borrowing really escalates at the top. Yeah, mm. it does. And that's really where what we're seeing is some of the stuff that I'm showing you is the stuff that we use for signposts of what's going on with the marketplace and whether it's going to rise or fall and when it's going to turn. Mm. Um, but again, it gets starts to get a little bit too detailed for people who haven't done our courses, so we can't get into that in too depth. But I think you understand that the what we're talking about here. So most people run on fear. fear. Most people, and fear means false evidence appearing real, and they worry about things that never ever happen um, and that's really what it's about and too many people follow the herd but well, one of the things mm -hmm. that uh, statistically yeah. speaking mm -hmm. is that what you fear in terms of the market in relation to financial markets um, cr crashing if you like or you're losing all of your money in your portfolio the probability of that happening is actually less than one percent mm. oh yeah mm. Because, I mean, we just get people so many times making statements to us about the market and they're wrong most of the time mm. because they're basing it on fear and emotions. So, but I'm going to share with you an email now that I got on Friday um, from somebody and I just, it was a really nice email and I thought I'd actually share it with everybody because it really highlights um, really what we've been saying or what we've been chatting about over the past couple of months. Now, this email was from a gentleman named David. And David wrote to us, he says, um, greetings, Dale. And I didn't, he just sent this out of the blue to me. So uh, he just, as I said, I got it on Friday. He says, greetings, Dale. I'd like to congratulate you for your longevity in the share trading industry. I attended one of your evenings in Kew, uh, in, near the Kew Junction. That's here in Melbourne. That was and we had, a, we had an office in Kew just up the road from that at the time. Um, and he said, where you discussed all things trading. And that was over 18 years ago. Um, and some people just don't get it. That's me. Uh, or that's what he was saying, that's me. He said, I was wondering, I, was, I wandered around in the trading wilderness, looking at this and that, listening to many people and buying programs except yours. Why, you ask? Again, some people just don't get it. That's me. In all those years, I've lost more money than I ever made from the market. Yes, I didn't protect my capital. It wasn't until I was between a rock and a hard place that I realized that I needed to do something about my trading. I had over eight months in hospital diagnosed with cancer of the prostate. Um, from this time last year, I had plenty of time to think about my future. The doctors didn't paint a very good picture at all of what my future would be. Their attitude was, we'll wait and see. Uh, and in brackets, he's got, I should have died. But here I am writing to you, hail and hearty. So I'm glad he's got over his um, um, illness. He said, with my wife's encouragement, I decided to do your course. Uh, the wrong one, till I spoke with Shane 
who encouraged me to launch into the diploma course. Now at the time I thought it's a lot of money when you're a pensioner, uh, but hey, I'm supposed to be dead, and I defied the odds, so the course was a good move and I've nearly completed module two. Looking back over those years, 18 plus years, I see if I had pulled the pin and done your course earlier, how much better off it would be in so many ways. I'm thoroughly enjoying the course, although at times it is a challenge. I'm still shouldering on because I'm learning so much, which I thought I knew. The other week I was going through my library where I found your GAN swing trading with a twist. It's an article I, I wrote. He said it's dated 2003. Um, again, I say some people are just so thick or know-it-alls that they just don't get it. But, and in bold letters he put, but now I do, and I've done something about my future. I enjoy your podcast and especially your Tuesday evenings with Janine, who, by the way, did an excellent job whilst you were on vacation. I have to agree with you there. Thank you, David. Um, <laughs> and keep up the good work. I enjoyed immensely. Warm regards, David. So, And as it, that's uh, an email that I got last Friday from David. But if you're listening, David, I know he is watching the shows from time to time, as what he said in the email there. Um, I just really wanted to thank you. On behalf of the whole Wealth Within team, because it really is a pleasure to be actually working with you and thank you for really sharing that story and being open and honest to share it, which is, it really does um, give me a lot of heart. I mean, obviously, you know, that's a long time, uh, sort of 18 years since we first met all that, all those years in queue. And, uh, you know, some people do their own journey. And as you said, people think they know things, people think they have knowledge, but it's not until they actually find out what real knowledge is that they have that measuring stick. So... Um, and obviously you're finding out that uh, uh, what we're teaching on how we're helping you um, will help you into the future. And right now I'm going to say to you, David, my team and I are behind you 100%. We will get you to your goals and we'll start getting that, that positive returns rather than the negative returns. So you won't be getting, uh, we'll be trying to get some of that money back and, and hopefully paint a much better picture for you on the marketplace and a future for you. So I'm really confident we can do it. So stick with the team, your support team, and uh, we'll get you there. But... I'm looking forward to working with him when he gets to Module 4. I am too, because that's persistence, isn't it? 18 mm. years of persistence. Now, he made, obviously, he, he admits he's made some wrong choices, uh, but that's okay. But that's the past. So let's draw a line in the center. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. And let's put all that in yesterday. Let's move on to today and moving through. So when you get to Module 4, David, we're going to put the pedal to the metal and take you to a whole new level and get you trading really, really well. And that's, Janine and I will do that for you. That's our personal promise to you. Um, but let's now get into... The first two stocks that we've selected Fantastic. as stocks to watch for the future. So if we can bring up the uh, charting software, which you've got. Okay, let's get into the chat. Oh no, actually, no, not the chat. The chart. Three stocks. <laughs> where am I going? BHP. That's where I'm at today. BHP's. Are you surprised that I picked BHP? That's your favourite stock. Mm. We said that last week about something else, didn't we? But oh, look, this really is your favourite stock, though. Yeah. Look, this was one of the one, first mm. ones that I hand charted all mm. those years ago. Mm. Um, Dale, when I met Dale, he said to me, "Look, just hand chart stocks. It's the best way to get to know the market and how it moves." Well, I'll, I probably wouldn't do it, do as much as what I did today as what I did back then. But BHP was one of my favourites, and I actually had it burnt into my brain every single move on that chart. I could have practically told you the prices it traded at in particular years back then, because um, that's what really what hand charting does for you. And um, I remember sitting at a seminar, it was a um, an investor's seminar rather than a trader's seminar. And this uh, lovely gentleman, retired gentleman was talking about the fundamentals. And um, 
he was a doctor and he told me some of the stories about operations that made me feel a bit queasy. Uh, but when I told him about the, mar the market and how repetitive it was and how the fundamentals sort of are lagging what's going on and um, I said to him, go away and have a look at BHP and you'll notice that roughly every five years this stock has a low. So there's a, that's one of my top little secrets that I decided to <laughs> share with everybody tonight um, about BHP. So. But at the moment, BHP looks fantastic, doesn't it? I mean, it's trading up to the all-time high. It's not through yet. Look at our market. Um, you know, when big um, stocks come towards their all-time high, often they can meet resistance, which we saw when the, this stock traded up in 2011 and challenged that high in the GFC and it reversed and went strongly down. So that is a really significant level for BHP, but it's coming up again. So I believe that BHP is eventually going to go through it and I think it'll... It'll defy some of the negative press that's been going on with BHP. And the pullback that you're seeing at the moment, it is stabilising. I'm not saying it's not going to go down further because it, it has the potential to do that. But there's a really strong level right where um, we're looking here across BHP. You can see all the way across the history of the share. So if it holds that level, then we know that the, it's going to accelerate relatively quickly from there. Um, personally, I don't mind if it comes back further, but um, if it goes up from here, I think it's going to be a really nice um, stock into 2020 and possibly into the end of the year. So looking at BHP, um, that's one of my... I know President Trump's trying to talk up US steel stocks. Mm. They well, look the really way, sick, though. They do. <laughs> they do. And it, look, he's got a vested interest for wanting to do that. But I'm not actually no saying kidding. that BHP is a buy now. So please... I. I you know, don't sort of put it in context, please, and don't um, say that I'm telling people to buy BHP. I'm not saying that. I'm suggesting that if you've got a really solid set of rules that you can make some really good money out of this share. Now, shall we move on to the next one? Yeah. We've got Challenger. Are we going to give them all at once or just three? No, just two. Two? And then we'll do the three at the end of the show. Make them okay. wait till the end of the show for the other three. Jeez, he's no. mean, isn't he? <laughs> okay, CGF. All right, so Challenger, um, coming off a nice bottom there. I mean, Challenger's had a really... Um, it's challenging time. It's had a hasn't challenge. It? Well, we've we we picked financial stocks moving forward, haven't mm. we? Because I have had a challenging time. You didn't over laugh the last at my years. dry joke. No, I didn't. I ignored that one. Sorry. I've got a very dry sense of humour. I can't you help do. it. I know. It's just the way it is. You get used to it, guys. <laughs> okay, so Challenger, um, really nice level. That it's coming off the bottom there. Um, you can see there that the monthly chart's starting to look strong. Doesn't mean it won't go sideways. I've got a re I've got a, another strong level lower down here, and look, I wouldn't mind it if it fell away and pulled back to that point there either. Uh, but looking at it now, it's looking really nice. It's it holding up nice. well, and um, this week it's been down a bit. However, it may decide to continue to run up. So you've got to have a good set of rules on this share because what can happen, it can start to move back up. You just have to look at the, what it's done in the past. It can start to move back up and give you a sense of that it's going to start to rise and then mm. it falls away again. But this looks very different to what it's done previously. Oh, it's hugely different, isn't it? Yeah. Interesting with the market, like you're talking about, it hasn't done much in the last week or two. Yes. But a lot of stocks this week and last week aren't doing too much at the moment, are mm. they? Because they're actually just looking at the two bars just this week mm -hmm. on the marketplace. They're really not doing anything. And yes. I'm thinking in my head, like, because I said, well, if it keeps going up, then the market's bullish mm. uh, right through to Christmas because we've had our low. Yep. But if it goes down, then it's obviously... My, my theory is it's still going to go down to its low. Mm -hmm. But it's done nothing this week, which means something's going to happen. Mm. 
and to me, I think it's poised. It's poised. It's mm. it's sort of like you know you've got a diver on the end of the diving board. Yeah. What are they waiting for? What are they waiting for? And it's either going to go up or down. And mm. I don't know. I'm still thinking it's probably going to go down because it's not pushing up. And that's what's saying. Well, maybe it's going to get sucked down very quickly into an uh, into the low. But nothing to panic about. But it's just I'm just sitting there thinking. Well, it's either going to be this week or next week. Well, we'd like the financials. Mm. The, mm. Big, the big banks to come back a bit, wouldn't we? Yeah, a little bit more so. And mm. I think that will give some really good buying opportunities. Just because a stock falls away a little bit doesn't mean we like it less. It just means, it's like I was chatting about on, um, I think it was yesterday on my market report for, mm-hmm. for the Australian stock market report, I said, you know, the market has to come down to go up again. And it's like putting your foot down on a step. You need to do that to get the leverage to move higher. Mm. And you keep putting your foot down to go higher and the market has to do the same. So what you're saying is don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. Mm. Embrace it. But just make Mm. sure you're managing it with some rules around. So let's get into the chat now, yeah? All right. We've done two. That's it. Okay. So we're going to bring up the chat and we're going to go to near map. Okay, so that should be the first, first one that you've got here. And this is a, a question from Dale Thomas, and he keeps coming back with that name, doesn't he? Yeah. But it just, and he puts it on the top. You might want to talk about this stock, actually. I might be able to. I had a look mm. at it earlier today. He said, evening, Dale and Janine, could you please review NEA? I'm not in the stock, but wondering your thoughts on it. I think it may be on its way up due to falling from the high down to the $2.50 mark. That's not a reason to buy it just because it's done that. Um, he also says, and recovered somewhat, but skeptic on it due to the low liquidity. Uh, that looks bearish to me. That Right now it looks bearish to me, doesn't it? Mm. Well, I'm asking you, doesn't it? Look, the reason I handed mm. this over to you is mm. because I can remember you writing up this stock, and that was long before mm. that big bull run that happened on it. Correct. Because you'd gone, I think you mentioned last, maybe last week or the week before, that mm. uh, the only times that you've talked up the smaller stocks is when you you'd gone to a um, a conference and you'd you'd watch some of the um, CEOs talk about their company. Yeah, it was a micro cap conference which was on yeah. last week here. So in then Melbourne. you created an article about yeah, it. Yeah, I used to write articles for the ASX on the micro caps mm. conference. Uh, I used to say to them, "Hey, look, I'm going. Um, you know, I'll write an article for you mm. and I'll cover it for you." But I was writing yeah, but I was writing the article before it actually happened. Yeah. So I was actually writing like what happened last year with some of the stocks and what mm-hmm. I thought looking at the stocks that were going to be there this year mm-hmm. to do it. And, and I, was, I was supposed to be there last week, but then I got so busy I forgot all about it. Silly me, I didn't put it in my diary, so, um, so don't ever do that again, Dale. I've already put next year's date already in my diary today. Good. So, but I was talking with our chairman of our board who went because we normally catch up there and have lunch and and, uh, and and do that. And so there's some great stocks that you can find. Like Jumbo is one of the ones I saw years ago. Vocus was another one I saw years ago. Not that I'd buy them. Back that then. Particular, back yeah. then. And I didn't buy this one back then, but this is another one. Near map was another one. Uh, and there's quite a lot of them. You might pick it up, but you sit there and watch it. And eventually when it gets the liquidity going and proves to it's going to go bullish, that's when you get into it. So this one right Look, now. I had some guys at yeah. one of those... Um, events and they were mm. they were saying that um, they would have a whole portfolio of these small stocks so oh, their whole their whole um, portfolio structure was based on picking on fundamentals so mm. they like because there's not a lot of history sometimes and that these stocks are not liquid a lot of the time when they're picked up by by people but and the volatility is mm. huge so he explained to me you have to be you have to have really thick skin to be able to handle them. I was going to say you have to have things made of steel. (laughs) What things? I'll let you guess what I was talking about. (laughs) But but you would, wouldn't you? Like, Uh, really, that's high risk. mm. But, like, 
Bill, our chairman, said today, he said, he said some of these companies are not making any money. Mm. Um, some of them would like their turnover as a million dollars. Yep. So that's the whole turnover for the year. So he said, I'm not sure why they even floated on the exchange. Now, the reason why it's they crazy. float... Well, they're floating on the exchange just so they can raise capital to do what they need to do. But it's quite interesting. And you can go to the Microcap Conference website. Just type in Microcap Conference Melbourne and it'll come up. And you'll see the companies presented to them. But I'm not suggesting you buy any of those. But I'm just suggesting they're interesting what they're doing. Um, and near maps is an interesting stock. Interesting to learn often mm. what not to do. Because mm. these are the shares that people can fall in love with sometimes mm. and wipe away the gains that they'd have from other big quality stocks. And that's the problem with these stocks. Yeah, you're going to have a portfolio all mm. over the place. So right now, this is not... Yeah, it's had one bar up there. It's a nice, strong one. Yeah. This one gapped up and traded down so far. This week it's gapped up. It's it's gapped up a little bit on opening, mm -hmm. as you can see, and it's so far traded down. So stay out of it, mate. There's no reason for me at this point in time why you would have this stock. That's really what I'm seeing at the moment. So okay. Let's move one. on to the next uh, one. Paul. WTC. Yeah, Paul's written a couple of really good things Wise here. Tech. So I'll read it all out for you. So he said, hi guys, hope you're well rather than, well, we are well, thank you very much for asking. Rather than looking at a stock as such, I was hoping I could discuss your view on short seller attacks. Okay. And that's why I know you're big on this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I was in WTC until last week and, it, and I hit my stop loss. Um, he says, what's your experience on things like this? May my take being to stay out for a while until things have settled and WTC has pushed back above the $30 mark. Keen for your thoughts, thanks. Mm. So let's have a bit of a chat about that. Okay, short selling attacks. Um, during this climate in the market, often stocks can bounce back and recover, but it doesn't mean it will. Mm. If it was, if we were heading into a GFC scenario, these stocks absolutely got pummeled in the GFC, and this is where the markets actually mm. froze the short selling. Correct, that's what the, they did. The yeah. exchanges they actually stopped it all, so that people couldn't do that anymore. Now, look, there's always arguments mm. for people who are short selling to, to create liquidity in the market, to actually move prices back to more normal levels um, and create value. And so the institutions really push the ability to be able to short sell on the market, which, which, which means that you're actually selling it and then buying it back. It sounds a little bit backwards, but that's how short selling goes. So instead of buying low and selling high to make a profit from a rise, you're actually trying to make a profit from a mm. fall. So the short sellers can do that and they can do it really quickly. And so that's what, why a lot of people try to trade leverage markets too early uh, because they're attracted to these fast moves. And let me say, you need to do the slow and steady wins the race. So look at the, look at the rise that happened. Look how long it actually took mm. to rise, for this stock to rise from November 2018 all the way up to this high. Uh, which was in September 2019. And then look how far fast it actually took away all of that return. So that's one of the reasons why you should, one, not trade these types of stocks until you've got the education and the experience to be able to do it and prove that you can actually trade big quality stocks over at least two years before you start trading these types of stocks. Otherwise, really, mm. you're just gambling. Mm. Um, or is it, People look at it as a bit of fun. I've got a bit of spare cash, therefore I'm going to put it into some of these um, stocks. Now, in the case of this one, clearly there were a number of, or well, there was at least a couple of exit reasons to exit in October 2019, early October 2019. Mm. So I'm really glad in the one sense that you've raised this, well, not, mm. not just for people who are on the show, but for yourself, because um, if you waited for this week, you're actually, 
there were there were so many signals to get out. That's mm. what I'm trying to say. And if we look at the daily chart just to see what happened on a more micro scale, you can see a large move happened on the 17th of October 2019. So if we bring up the volume, let's have a look and see what the volume, volume was like. Low, low, so that you could see the volume start right to rise. So I'll just get the crosshair on here. And we can see there that the volume really started to move up on that day. But it wasn't huge. It wasn't a massive mm. spike because this is what happens when the short sellers are going into the market. You know, it doesn't necessarily happen at the, the biggest part of the, the fall there. It happens towards the bottom where the flush out happens and people panic in the short and the, um, peop the, not only do the short sellers cover their positions and, and think, oh, I'm going to take my profit now and get out, that can often cause the stock to reverse and bounce back, which is probably what happened on the 23rd of October. Um, did you want to say something? Well, I was going to sort of say, because these sorts of stocks mm -hmm. is that the, bigger, the biggest players in the short selling market are institutions. The, the hedge brokers, funds. The hedge brokers. funds, the brokers, that sort of stuff. So yeah. the institutional traders, who we call them. And they push millions of dollars through these sorts of things. Mm. And they will manipulate news and all sorts of stuff. Well, sorry, they put out information um, to get things to happen. Free so, information? Free, free information that goes out into media and everything else. Mm. And so that's what Janine's talking about is having solid rules around things. There's plenty of reasons why you shouldn't have been in that stock. Um, but they do On this date. On this okay. date. Yeah. But these sorts of stocks are easier for them to push around, um, a lot easier than a BHP or a Rio and those sorts of ones. And that's why they tend to pick some of the smaller type of stocks to do this sort of stuff with. But you only have to look at the monthly chart and see how vertical it was prior to this fall. You know, And we talked about that so many times, how vertical something is. The more vertical it is, the more the chance is going to start to fall away. So that's why you need to be careful about looking for your exit signals and your stop losses. Yeah, but hey, exactly. you had a stop loss. Fantastic. And look, if you're tracking this stock, just mm. out of interest, what I used to do is follow mm. the announcements. So say on the 21st of August 2019, mm. look at the speed of that uh, rise there. Mm. Sometime around there, there would have been some announcement that came out or some news that was known to the market or something happened yeah. or it was a market-driven rise. So you can always, t if you look, you can see whether it was at a stock-driven yeah. rise or was it a market-driven rise. If it was a stock-driven rise, then, you know, someone was put pumping up the price. Hmm. Yeah, And that's just, it's sad, but it's the reality of the market. It's the way it moves. Cool. So I'd say, okay, um, thank you for bringing up the stock. It was really it's interesting. Like point, isn't it? Yeah, and look, it could move up. Um, slightly from here because often mm. with these st smaller stocks like I said before when the short positions are covered stocks start to bounce back out people will be trying to look at getting in it cheaper yeah. um, and you know speculators but you, if you're smart in the market you're not trying to get in cheaper you're trying to get in smarter rather than trying to get a you, you, you know catching a falling knife is one of the sayings that we talk about when a stock's falling don't try to pick it up it's mm. the worst possible time to, to try to get in rallies too yep you know, where it, it, it bounces up and people think, oh, it's going back up again now after the, after the fall and that suckers people to get in and it, then it tanks again because then the short sellers come back in again and push it down again. Mm. So this is how they make money and that's really where, you, you know, people need to understand this sort of stuff. And you'll never get back into it until it proves to you it's going up and it tells you it's strong and the direction has changed, that you know it's down to up. And not just for a few days or a week or something or just because it's gone back over a, a certain level. And I think mm. that's really what we're saying is find another stock, mate. That's all you really got to do. You did great. You got a stop loss. You exited. Done deal. Perfect. Find another stock now until Actually, just, the dust just, settles. Actually, just on this, I'd, I'd challenge everybody mm. who's listening to look mm. at the stocks that are currently in your portfolio. Challenge. 
bring find a chart of the stock. Go and mm. have a look at the date when you bought it mm. and see what the stock was actually doing when you bought it. Did you try to buy cheap? Did you buy when mm. it was in a downtrend? Was it rising nicely? I mean, what was actually mm. happening? Were there some announcements that maybe you can look up on the ASX to mm. see whether the company made announcements at the time? Just learn from it. Okay. Next question. So that's two. Do you want another one? Uh, let's do another one. Cherie. Let's have a look at Cherie. And we'll have... Another Where lady. Fantastic. Another lady. Um, we've actually got a few questions. How about we go, we've got lady... Um, got Mossy. I'm not sure that's a lady. She says, hi, Dale and Janine. I'm new to, to the channel. Fan. Well done. Welcome. Been watching replays. Really loving it. Are you able to give advice on points bet holding? I'm very new to investing in shares. Thanks. Craig, it's a Craig, it's not a lady. We did points bet last week, matey, so our, our position hasn't changed on that. So if you watch last week's channel, I'm 99% sure we did points bets last week. Um, but uh, what was Cherie says, um, could you give me your view on ResMed it exited on two down bars? It has rebounded. Is it looking to reset or continue the uptrend? Um, so I'm thinking what she's saying is, it's, is it going back up again just before it falls again? Um, so you're bringing that one up. We've got uh, it now. You've got it now, and I've got a couple so, of them. So yeah. looking at the monthly chart of ResMed, now we can see the big stellar rise. Look, what I like to look at is back here when it was really choppy. Mm. See how eventually it tried to break out through that all-time high back in December 2001. It tried to do that here. And then again, history tells you so much. In August, was it August or 2010, it broke above and then went down again. So you can never assume that once a stock gets going that it's going to keep going. And that's mm -hmm. the reason for your, if you're trailing stop losses and your initial stop loss when you're trading. And then it just took off. Um, really strange sideways move here. Um, mm -hmm. I was actually quite confused by what it was doing in November 16. Too, yeah. yeah, it was just strange. And, and it looked like it was going to finish the, the final wave up, but it's just kept going. It's gone out of sight. So looking at it now, um, this is a very odd... Well, can I explain mm, that to you? Do you, yeah. Um, ResMed... Whilst it's listed on the exchange, exchange is also listed in the US, and yes. ResMed, its head office, is not in Australia. I think after about a year or two in Australia, it moved, and I think it's San Francisco or San Diego, but I'm pretty sure it's San Francisco it's, mm -hmm. it's, it is. So that's where it is. But it reported last week in the US. Yes. And it had a very good report, and that's really what that happened. Yeah, so once they list on mm. dual exchanges, and I've got a chart here, this is the one off the S&P, a good report means that there's a lot more money over there getting into it. So mm. one of the strategies that you could take is to actually look at all the stocks that are actually that have dual listings because there's a lot more money go obviously to, to be mm. traded in the US that could potentially pump into some of these types mm. of stocks. Then you might get slightly bigger moves on really quality stocks. So the volatility might be higher if you're mm. looking to trade it and good for short term or medium term, isn't it? Yeah, but would mm. you be getting into it now? Um, the answer is no. Okay. That's it. Mm -hmm. Simple. So let's move on to the next one. So you, you bring up Sim for Jenny Bean. Um, but we've got a question from uh, S.A. Wilson. Hi, Dale and Janine. Just wondering how long you would let a stock trade sideways before exiting when it doesn't trigger a stop loss? Great question. Okay. Um, that's mm. a really big question because it could be there are stocks that we've traded that we've traded for, I think, maybe a year or so. Mm. Um, where they've gone sideways and we've stayed with it simply because they were the stock was selected to give mm. a good, provide a good dividend to underpin mm. the portfolio and a, and we weren't necessarily expecting double digit growth out of it 
we might have been expecting single digit growth. So it really depends on when you've picked the stock, what the intent was when you've selected it for your portfolio. Because if it if it is that you wanted to get um, you know capital gains out of it and it's not moving mm -hmm. on, then you might decide. Well, after a time, you know, it, in nine times out of ten, if a stock trades sideways, it's going to give you an exit anyway. It will give you an exit or it'll yeah, break based out. Based on a trend line, it would, you know, pretty sure a trend line would be there and there could be other rules as well. Mm. But it's mm. context. Remember last week I mentioned context in terms of your trading. Yes. What is the context of that? Are we talking about, you know, it's trading sideways on a daily chart for three weeks? Oh, is yeah, it trading sideways on a weekly chart for three months? Is well, it? they're asking how long will we, you know, stick to it, aren't they? Isn't that what well, they are, but, but what's the context? Um, yeah. I'm a short-term trader with an average trade length of three weeks, how long do I wait to stay with a stock that's going sideways? That's mm. one context. I'm a buy and hold investor, never sell. How long should I stay with a stock that's going sideways? Completely different answer. Yeah. So it's so it's it's like a how long is a piece of string so to us. So a buy and hold person probably wouldn't care because no. in reality they're just getting the dividends mm. and it's as long as it doesn't fall out of that sideways move, mm. the risk to the capital is low. Yeah, but most stocks will go, good blue chip stocks in a bull run or a bear one will probably go some sideways somewhere between three and four months, sometimes five months mm. and break out whichever way they're doing it depending on the patterns it's doing. By looking at the charts, we can tell whether the pattern's likely to be bullish or bearish. So whether it's going up or down out of that. And that really also, if we see a more bearish pattern, Janine and I are getting out. Mm. Um, but that's also another context, again, that it's just, we just can't explain it to you on here. You need to understand how to read the charts and read all the patterns and the price yeah. and what's going on. Because this is where we would have like mm. rules that are back tested on the one mm. hand. And if a stock starts trading sideways, mm. we'd also be looking at where else can we set our stop. Mm. or a trailing stop loss to preserve capital in case it does fall away. So mm. that's that's one way to manage it. But look at Simic. I mean, that's an interesting example, isn't it? Yeah, for Jenny, Ben. I'll just yeah. check to see if she's got a question. Um, hi, Dale and Janine. Sim has been on my radar for a while. It's a nice trading stock. Mm. When it moves and is looking more interesting lately, don't have a position on it, but it's on my watch list. Oh, it doesn't look interesting to me. Look, I actually like this stock. I know you love it, don't you? Mm. And I was actually looking... It's not your favourite. I was, I was very conservative with it because it is very volatile and it can actually you know, quickly reverse and go the other way, which is what happened here mm. in May 2019. So we actually chose not to purchase it uh, that, you know, just prior to that, even though it had moved up strongly, because there were so many things lining up mm. with the technical analysis telling us to be cautious. So, and then we were actually, you know, it was fortuitous that we did have all of that um, analysis done and it was, and it worked out to be accurate because then the stock fell away significantly. And looking at how far it fell from the high, it you know, it's 42%. That's actually low, lower than that. You've gone the wrong one. Yeah, look, oh yeah, it looks 45, is it? Yeah, 45%. So this is why buy and hold. It's just not a good idea, especially on stock with stocks that are volatile like this. Some of the banks, maybe you can get away with it, but no. um, not the, these types of shares. So looking at the weekly chart, let's have a look at what we saw. So it was literally one week, that week ending the 19th of July, when this stock fell out of mm. bed. Um, the warning signs were coming in. So we're seeing here, you can see, let's have a look at some of the warning signs. So it's actually... For one, we just saw on a on ResMed that big rise, yeah. that big weekly bar, big blue bar. We saw this really big mm. uh, move up on the week ending 20th of July. You'd be mm. thinking this stock is going skyways, you know, bullish as anything. Mm. And people would have been piling into it. But look at it. Um, straight away it reversed and took out all those gains, came all the way back to that low. So don't ever think that once a stock trades up and you might be sitting in a profit that you've actually got that profit 
because the market's got it at the, mm. that point in time. And the only um, thing you can do is to, to manage your risk. And so then we saw a move again, mm. trading back up. You'd think this would never happen on a stock. It's unusual for, for it to happen like this. But if you look at stocks like Downer, and you know, it's an example of a really volatile type stock as well. Oh, yeah, 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 it is. But then it, it actually looked like it was breaking out. See, this is where people get tricked. Even traders with some of the technical rules, like mm. uh, moving averages, get killed in these sorts of um, these sorts of stocks. So you see the the stock break out of it, thinking that it's going to take off. But hey, that resistance was still there, and there was a lot showing that from the from technical reasons, when you add it all up, that this was still a risky proposition. Mm. Shortly after, it broke down and gapped down. Now, you would think that when you see this situation here, so from weekending 3rd of May to the 10th of May, there was a gap. You'd think that it would rise to fill that gap, but it hasn't. Mm -hmm. But it will at some point. And so this is where the smart trader actually works out, well, where's the lower risk time to be looking to enter the share? Um, and it's more now than what it was up here, that's for sure. Much more now than it was there. Um, but I'm not saying it's a buy right now. I'm mm. saying I'm starting to like it again and it's still a favourite mm. stock on the radar. Can I tell a little story, tiny little story? Of course. Tiny little story, because yesterday I was talking with Jim Beach on my US report. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my research, I was seeing analysts in the US talking about the death the death cross. Right. And I know that's your favourite technical Technique. You don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? Yeah, I, read, I did because I read your um, <laughs> report. <laughs> no, it's fine, fine. But people get excited about it. They say this mm. death cross, and it's like, oh, my goodness me, the Grim Reaper's coming and everything's going to collapse. And I was saying to Jim, when you look at the death cross, and I won't explain it, guys. You go and watch my video. I'll explain it on my video that came out today for the US report. Um, so watch that one. But when you're looking at the chart of the Dow, because the death cross is on the Dow, if you've waited for the death cross to tell you to get out of the marketplace, you've already missed about a thousand different signals to get out of it. It's that lagging, and that's what Johnny was talking about with you moving average, you're going to get slammed and get false mm. signals. You're going to get a false signal out of this, out of that death cross as well, most often or not, but it's, it was quite interesting to me. They have Look, this that's just in, a headline. It is. Opinion. It's a headline-grabbing name, isn't it? I thought, whoever came up with this? Jeez, terrible name. So... Let's get into, I know we've got a few other questions here, but let's get into three stocks okay. and then I'll look at the questions and then we'll get back into it. Okay. FMG is one of my favorite stocks on the market. So looking at this one here, we've got uh, the monthly chart there you can see. So always monthly on the left, weekly on the right. So you can see the big picture of what's going on. And there was a really nice trade. So quite a few times we've seen a really nice trade on this stock. And, and also here from the low in September 2018, there were reason, lots of reasons to get in uh, down here and the stock took off. Lots of reasons to get in down here and the stock took off. So every now and again, um, rhythmically, we're seeing the stock make its moves and give us um, really good entries. So if this is a stock on your watch list, um, note how it's actually traded above what's a really important resistance level. Come back, tested that level, closed up high on the bar, and then it's pushing skyward again. So it's actually been really resilient. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to come back and have it have a... Um, you know, a period of decline again, because we saw this pullback in June 2017, two months up, looking really strong, and then it went down again. So it's easy to see things in hindsight, much harder to actually pick it when you're in it and when the things are moving, unless you've got some really um, good rules, solid rules and analysis there. Now, um, I'll, I'll just move across to the weekly chart here. You can see we've had a bit of a sideways consolidation with FMG. If it actually traded below this low of 8.13, I'd be um, saying, okay, the fall's not over, but really we wouldn't be worried about that at all because it, we're, we're quite happy for stocks to 
what I call flush out. And that means to flush out anyone who was actually going to be trying to push it higher and the short sellers who are sitting there on the sidelines waiting to short it. So then when things settle down, you can come in and get a much more advantageous position into into the stock. So that's FMG. Now, um, did you have anything you wanted to say on FMG? I think you've said Shall it I all. It? I actually like FMG. Yep. It's a really nice looking stock right now. And a lot of these sort of materially stocks are looking much better. Mm. And, and I mean, obviously, it's what causes them to go up. And if the China-US trade deal goes ahead, you think China will start to pick up again? Yeah. And that might be supporting them. But obviously, iron ore prices are what really going to support drive these. It. Mm. They drive that anyway. And but, look, AWC is mm. the next one on the mm. list, which you know that this has been mm. a long-time favourite as well. This is quite amazing in terms of how rhythmic this stock can actually be over time. Even though it's so volatile, you just look back in... In the history of it's this not a share, buy and holder, is it? Oh no! Look, it'd actually make your hair stand on it if you were actually holding that over time. If I had hair, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you have a bit. <laughs> Thank you. Go uh, ahead, keep going. Okay, so looking at that, um, you can see big reversals in the GFC. Remember how I said that the a lot of stocks actually turn before the market? Well, back in July two thousand and seven, we were already seeing the reversal on Illumina. And then it actually fell and reversed in March 2009 with the market. Now, a lot of stocks bottomed before the market bottomed in March 2009. Mm. So get to know the stocks that you're studying. Do they move with the market or do they turn before the market has its major turns or, or after? And looking at this particular stock, really nice support across here. I'm really liking what I'm seeing here. Although at the moment, it's still quite sideways. Could come back a bit further. We're just waiting to see mm. confirmation. You've got to have a really good set of rules on this particular share. Um, I, that's all I'll really say on it. I probably don't need to go to the weekly chart. I'm quite happy just to stick with the monthly no, and look at the No, but I think people picture. get it. It's, it's in mm. a nice move up at the moment. And, and whilst we may, some of these stocks we may see a bit more downside a little bit, yeah. they are stocks that we do like moving forward into this next 12 months. So I think look at it. So what's yep. the last one we've got for now, everybody? Now, you raised, so I after I, like looking at all the quality stocks, then Dale said to me, look, I have got one little sort of more volatile speculative well, stock. I had three. <laughs> and I chopped them. Um, so we could, we picked, I picked one out of there. And what was the reason this one came up again? Can I show them it, my pad? No, yeah. no I don't do that. Because it was more liquid. Uh, yeah, more this liquid. one's a more liquid one. This is the one that um, I again saw at a micro cap conference a few years ago. So I thought I need to keep my eye on this one. So mm -hmm. like Vocus, I, every now and again for our students, I do a bit of work on Vocus. And so is this the old ladies it. playing the bingo? No, it's not old ladies <laughs> playing bingo, but it's a great I stock. I don't know this share, uh, No, it is a good looking stock, but if you do look at it, I mean, having a look so, at the patterns and everything that it's doing, it had a huge fall, uh, which you can see off its all time high. It had okay. a big, big fall down into February this year, and it's just showing some really nice signs here of, of, of support. Now, we don't have a lot of data on it going back to sort of mid 2017, so we've only got two years of data. Mm. But if we look at it on a, you know, on the, the the volume there. So last week we had a volume of 13.6 million. Do you want me to shares. show you? That? I can quickly do that for you. Hang on. Um, the, the name of the stock's Bingo, Bingo Industries, or B for Bob, I for Echo, Indigo. Yes. Echoes E. <laughs> Could have picked that up. <laughs> I for Indigo, N for Nelly. Look at the volume um, there. Go for that. Here you go. Yeah, and obviously this massive volume spike. It's some that's. Quite often a sign of an end of a run when you see massive volume spikes, but beautiful move up here, and, and it's really finding some support around about that level. So a move up from here would suggest to me it's going to move through this high here, 
uh, and then continue to move up through this high. But I do actually like it. And look at the volume that it's doing now since that bottom compared to what it was doing before. A lot more volume coming into it, looking a lot more safer in terms of uh, a trade. But it is the lower end. But when of you the say market. safer, it's mm. still a higher risk proposition. Yeah, it's a little bit higher risk proposition. It's, it's not as high as risk as some of the ones I was going to. Because I know you guys, some of you guys like the micro, micro type caps, smaller ones. I did have a couple of those that I thought were dark horses, but this is the safer dark horse, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, but I do like it. Keep an eye on it because I think it might do quite well. Mm. So how's that? So where are we up to now? So we need to go back into the chat, don't we? Is okay, that what we're up yep. to? So the on the chat, we've got we've got another Dale. There's two Dales on here. There's, th there's too many Dales in the room at the moment. Um, I think it's Spotless, SPT. I'll just find him. Um, yeah, what's your views on SPT? But there's a couple of other questions as well. Do you want to put a few of these codes in, and I'll and I'll talk about a couple of the questions we've got here. Um, um, so which which one are we looking at? Just um, spotless um, SPT. It's a, it's not spotless. He's got SPT. That's the stock code but, he's giving me. Yeah. It's oh, split payments, is it? Oh, split yeah. IT. Sorry, guys, I'm thinking the wrong one. Okay, mm. so split IT. Um, mm. There's not much history. Interesting, isn't it, how it actually floated in January 2019, according to the chart here, and it traded up. Let's have a look at the moves on this thing. So it does going to read the question, well, and it's no traded question, up it's just SPT, 55%, um, and, then, and then it actually fell nearly all of the way back to, so it fell 80% of its value all the way back down to this low here. Um, and, late, and now it's sprung back up. Jeez, I hope you haven't got a, a pacemaker. Um, this will really put you in. Well, I went shopping hospital, for one the other day. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and looking at the the run that we've seen on it now, it, it's okay. I mean, it's mm. it's moving back up to sort of half of what it lost, but generally around these sorts of levels, you can see a bit of resistance and a pullback from those levels. If it keeps moving on, then you know it's more likely to challenge the high. Mm. But look, I would just say, why would you? You why know, you? if I look at a stock, it's got no history. It's like saying that it's a big unknown and why would I bother when I can find so many stocks that can actually openly tell me what they're going to do. Um, whereas this one, it's still a guessing game at this stage with, without at least three years of, of history. So that was SPT. Have we got another one? Um, Alan's got RZI. He said, I was in at 60 cents and got out at 90 cents with RZI. And now looking at it again, bearish volume on today's close though. Oh, it's bearish volume. Oh, I've never heard of bearish volume. What's going on with all these small small um, stocks? Maybe we um, shouldn't have put this bin in. See, I told you. Uh, it was my fault. Yes, we'll I'll bin, take it. We'll yeah. bin bin. Um, raise Invest Limited, okay, as Dale was saying. So we've seen it um, move up for a couple of months. Now, I like the fact that it's actually trading above, was recently traded above a dollar. So that's a positive thing for the stock. And we've talked about reasons why in previous shows, so I won't go into that. Look how the opens and closes are all around one level. Mm. There's a lot of indecision going on here. So it's saying that it could go either way at the moment. Um, but it is actually finding support and holding up nicely. So if we were to see another couple of weeks up, nice strong weeks up, then I'd say that this stock is on its way. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not something that I would buy. It's ah, just I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste it'd my be, time. Yeah, would be spending a lot of time trying Even to Even if it does go up. I mean... I've had yeah. um, I've had guy when we, we used to be on Sky Biz. I can remember yeah. me making a comment about a stock, and then this guy rang in and he showed he told us to review the stock again, and it had risen strongly after I'd said, "Look, I wouldn't bother with this one because of the mm. liquidity." And, and then the next month, a tank picture. <laughs> yeah, but look, you know, it, it's one stock out mm. of you know how many years of trading many stocks. So for that person, if he was going to do 
things the right way, you'd be able to make a lot more money on good stocks than trying to pick these types of shares at the right time. Yeah, well, I'm getting, you're a 50-50 bet on these. Mm. At best, a 50-50 bet on these. And, yep. and people, like the email from David earlier, people go, I think I know. Mm. Sorry, they think they know but they really don't know and they, and they don't understand their ignorance. And that's where that I was talking about a while back. They're delusional about how much they think they know. And it's yeah, not until it, they get And the, the problem stuff. is if they make money on one, mm. yeah. that actually is worth, that's like going to the casino and winning at mm. the casino one night. And then they've actually got it in the back of their mind that they're going to win again. Mm. So they go back again. They do. Hoping for that elusive win again. They are. And I got an email this week from one of the traders I'm mentoring. Uh, he's on module four. And before the course, he's a very impatient person. And he admitted he wants, that. Yeah. He admitted that before he even started the course. He's yep. admitted to me multiple times and he wants everything now and he wants to get the fastest returns and the fastest stocks and everything else. Mm. And he emailed me, says, he said, oh, Does that I'm, sound like anyone out there? <laughs> it probably sounds like a few people out there. But he goes, he said, I can't find a stock to buy in the top 50 stocks. And I went, that's, and, and I said to him, I can find a lot of stocks in the top 50 that I'd buy now, but why do you need to buy stock now? Mm, and I question. said, if you can't find a stock now, that means you're not looking for the right the stock. Mm. If you're looking for something that moves fast, you're never going to see the right stocks. You're going to be looking, and it's like I said to him, if, if you're only looking for red cars, that's all you're going to see. You're not going to see mm. the black ones or the green ones or the grey ones. You're going to see red cars everywhere. And so it's what we're focusing on. So if you're focusing on illiquid stocks, you won't find all the good stocks out there then to make you far more money. You're going to be focusing on the wrong ones that are going to take your money. And this thing could fall out of bed at any time through any reason. I'm not saying it's going to, but it could. And most people, when they're trading this, and I'm saying 99.9% .9 of people that trade these stocks are very mistaken about how much knowledge and, and understanding they have of the market and what these stocks can do. And, and that's why people like us, we don't trade them simply because they are a lot more hit and miss. I'd rather somebody that's nice that we can get really solid entries and, and exits and manage it. You've got to spend a lot more time. Mm. Otherwise, it's just guesswork, and guesswork is not repeatable. Um, and that's why I find a lot of people are, as I said, delusional mm. about what they think they know and can do, because one of these will take all your money quite mm -hmm. quickly. And that's what David was saying. He lost more money because yeah. he thought he knew. Look, I mean, yeah. if it's, as long as it stays above a dollar, it's probably going to be mm. okay. But if it pulls back, well, like you, Dale said, you could lose your, lose your money on that one. So let's go to... So be careful on that one. Um, next one. Dino. He's, Dino's on um, QB. QUB. He says, um, hey, guys, great show. Nice What's stop. your thoughts on Cube? Um, is it a nice positive trend and is at an all-time high? Um, so, yeah, I like it. Looks yeah. good. Uh, I'm not saying that it'd be a buy right now necessarily. Um, but, it, you know, if you had a trend line under that, you'd be quite happy with that one. So well done. Uh, good quality stock to pick. It's, a, it's not, um, it's, it's, how big is it? Is it in the top? I can't remember where this one falls. It's in the top 100. It's I think. in the top 100. I think, but it's yeah. not. Um, let's have a look at the volume and see where we measure. Because we're always looking at volume just more from the point of view of, you know, how many million shares mm. is, are there traded. So we're talking about... 13 and a half million, which is mm. huge, really, times by whatever the value of it is, roughly. And that gives you an idea for or a mm. comparison to compare other stocks and see what sort of levels of liquidity there are out there. And I think it's on the smaller side mm. of potentially what we'd look at, but it is still quite um, liquid. Well, it's the old Patrick's with Chris Corrigan and some yeah. stuff, so it's a good, good stock. Yeah. Mm. All right. We like Cube. Um, now, we want people to hit got, the subscribe button now. 
So just that big Have we button got time there. for one more or not? We've got time for a couple more, but they need to hit the subscribe button. So, they so can you'll do, do two more if they hit the subscribe button? I'll do three more if they do subscribe button. Okay, hit button, that so. subscribe button. And they're going to hit the like three. button. If I see the likes on, going up, we'll do three. If we don't see the likes going up, we're going to do two. Yeah, okay. So All how's right. that? Is Let's that a go. Deal? Just give me the stock. Come on. Well, here you go. Talk. JB Hi-Fi for Paul. Paul says, um, hey, guys. a couple of minutes. Paul says, hi, love the show. Any thoughts on JB Hi-Fi? Do you think it will increase its performance? Okay, JB Hi-Fi. Now, it's come out on one side of my screen there. Looking at that, you can see I've got the weekly chart. I'll go back to the monthly. It's done really well and, um, from a big picture perspective. You can mm -hmm. see there that it's tracking up really strongly. Now, this thing moves in nice runs. So you'll see it run for about a year and then it will turn. So how long has it been running now? Um, I'd expect that very shortly we're going to see this um, meet a, a peak and then we'll get a mm -hmm. bit of a pullback on it. I'm not saying it's going to come back to the same degree we saw back here um, in 2012. Could be more like a couple of months mm. down and then it will start to trade sideways and move back up again. So that's JBH we've got. Um, Webjet from Jason. Yep. Jason, any thoughts on Webjet, whether you would be a buy soon? Um, what do you think my answer is going to be, everybody? Looking at this, um, people type in your comment, would you be buying this stock now? I'm going to test you rather than me giving you the answers all Just the time. Ask a six-year-old that one. That's pretty T easy. Tell me, one. are we buying this stock right now? Look at it. Um, this Benjamin is the says chart. JBH is toppy now. Okay, so it's it's Needs been to toppy. Direct. It's been toppy back here when it reversed mm -hmm. and came back. So it actually challenged that high and then turned. And you can see mm. it was already giving signs that there was a high coming in here with these moves. And there were lots of things on the weekly chart to look at. Another indication is this sideways move. Often stocks will come back to test these prior uh, consolidations that you see on on stocks. Mm -hmm. So looking at the weekly chart now. Uh, it has taken out that low. There is some really strong support across here. Personally, I'd rather see it um, have a false rally right now and come back, but it may actually find, settle down, find support and move up from here. I think but he got his answer. You know how many no's there are on that page? Congratulations, everyone. Mm. Fantastic. It does get in. <laughs> all right. So that's Webjet. Have we got, you said three? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bank of all, Queensland for Ravi. Yeah. Oh, Bank of Queensland. Oh, look, I do like the second tier banks, but just not right now. I've got to find Ravi. Um, I don't even know where he is. He's on here somewhere. So Bank of Queensland here, the monthly chart. Thanks for typing that one in. Well done in getting Dale to pick that one up. So looking at this stock, last month it looked really strong. So we were thinking it may have been a turnaround story, but there's always. You, it's really important to have a look at what's happening with the trend on the stock, get a trend line on the chart, see where it's sitting. But notice how this month it's actually reversed fortunes and it's trading all the way back down at last month's bar. So really important to have some really good solid rules with this type of stock and, some, and a really strong stop loss. Now you can see there it's actually trading all the way back down and heading towards this low here in August 2019. So if you weren't in it now, I would say it's you would already be able to tell me that this is not a buy because it's pointing down. Um, and it'd have to do a lot and jump a lot of hurdles and turn around mm. and break this level here uh, at around 960. He's um, talking about, he's talking about dividends. Us. Dividends are coming up for these. So. Yeah, look, when dividends come up, often the stocks will mm. rise into a dividend. So you can often see um, mm. bank stocks moving up prior to a dividend. And then when, when they go ex-dividend, they might gap down and then continue to be sold off. And we mm. can see here that at the moment it's falling away. So there's no excitement over that at the moment. So... Um, okay. I would say that the stock will probably turn around a little bit heading towards the dividend though.
because some of the institutions that actually have mandates that trade on stocks to collect dividends, they will be looking to pick up stocks that pay good dividends. Oh, absolutely. Mm. So, but to me, that's it's too risky right now, mm. given that it could continue to fall below this low. Well, you could be losing the dividend by buying now. Yeah, that's could right. Keep and then more. when the dividends paid, it goes further down. Mm. So you may not get anywhere with all that. So, but anyway, I don't know. The producers are telling me whether we got any more likes on the thing. So, so. Got about 20 well, more likes. You've done well and you've got three tw- extra stocks, so is, keep that up each week. Is 20 more likes worth it? Yeah, I think so. You think it's worth it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So so we've given them the stocks. But uh, hope you've enjoyed tonight's show and thanks for participating, everybody. It's been great. We've had some really diverse range of questions, which really does help everybody learn a hell of a lot more about the market and, and really how it works. And as you can tell by Janine and I, we really do... Um, understand a lot of different things about where the institutions are doing things and our whole and sole goal is to help you be aware of what goes on in the marketplace so that you can protect yourself and and make more money but um, we would like to see the show grow that's why you need to hit that subscribe button you know I know 50% of people who watch these uh, this show and watch the videos never subscribe but you really are needing to we do need you to hit that button simply because it really does help the show grow and the more it grows the more we can do and share with you so please do that and hit the like button for the show another one there but as I said also share it with your social media um, I know you don't have social media, do you? You hate it. Um, but Facebook, Twitter, you name it. That's any, for another conversation. Any, any social media sphere, hashtag, whatever, shove it out there and let more people um, let us know. And I know some of you are telling your friends. I know Aurelia, one of our advanced students, I know she watches the show and she tells all her friends to watch it. So Fantastic. Sorry. Good for you. You'll be helping them. Also, <laughs> make sure that you put this show into your calendar so that you're back online next week, Tuesday at 7 p.m. And if you cannot be with us live next week, just remember that we're always happy to receive your questions. So send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. So that really does bring us to the end of the show and we really hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. And thanks for taking the time to participate. We'll see you again next Tuesday at 7pm. But for now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.